This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Inside Black and Gold, brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. And I think there must be a reason for some of these same struggles. Let's see if let's see if any of these questions can help me get to it. We're going to go through a live mailbag to close out the show. Uh, our post-game podcast from the Vikings 28, Saints 25 over in London. You know, if there's anywhere that appreciates a good kicking game, it's got to be the folks, uh, the folks across the pond, right? So they got they got a treat. You know, they got a treat. They got to see some long boots. Um, but yeah, so WW, too many penalties and costly turnovers for straight weeks. Yes. I mean, it, it's beyond okay we we just we, we just weren't sharp today it i mean you can't continue to say that it's like oh we can't keep shooting ourselves in the foot because at a point at a certain point it's like yeah you need to make changes with how you're operating you you can't continue to work the same way and it's just it's da and da said this and i agree with him you know it's it's the difficult part is it's not just one person it's not you know you could say okay mark ingram had two fumbles whatever but you know you're talking about a team that is struggling with turnovers at virtually every position, right? You can't you can't single out Jameis Winston. You can't single out Mark Ingram. You know, Andy Dalton came in there and had a bad fumble. Alvin Kamara went in there and had a bad fumble. Deontay Hardy went in there and had a bad fumble. And these are guys you're supposed to be able to depend on, and they're letting you down. So it's 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 frustrating, and I, I don't know uh, I don't know what you do, but it, you know it's it, it's a bad reflection on the coaching, and there's no there's no way around that. Gary McCain, should we have beaten the Vikings with all these injuries? I don't know if you, I mean, should is tough. Like they weren't favored in the game, right? They were underdogs on the betting line. So to if you look at it from that perspective, I mean, they were underdogs. So it would have been an upset, but it was an upset that you very easily could have made. And I think you needed to make to have any confidence in your season going forward. Because for now, right now, 
I don't have a ton of confidence in what they can do down the stretch, especially when you get into the meat of your schedule. Like these are supposed to be the easier games on your schedule. You have tougher games coming up. And I don't know, I don't know what you're expecting out of them, but this is not a good a good look for it. David Weil and the 150 yards don't count the penalties against Lattimore. Yeah, so that's a good point. Yeah, and so Justin Jefferson, 10 catches for 147 yards. Now, Marshawn was not matched up against him on every single play. So keep that in mind. Like, it's not like Marshawn was guarding him and he caught the ball 10 times, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of them were, you know, and the plays that you don't account for the 39 yard pass interference penalty, right? And there were some other penalties throughout the game that Marshawn had a hand in. And, you know, that's not a win for your, for your CB1. So yeah, it's a rough day for him. Friends, they didn't have enough confidence in Jameis Winston to give him a contract, went after Watson, but give up their 2023 first for a receiver. Loomis has to go. GMs are there to make sure this BS doesn't happen. I mean, yeah, you can you can definitely question the decision-making uh, in, that, in that move. I mean, I think a lot of it goes into this is a team that felt like it could compete with the pieces it had, and so that's what, that's what you do. But, yeah, no, you, you, can definitely, you can definitely question that. I still think... You know, Andy played fine today. Andy was exactly what Andy is, right? He is a very high floor, low ceiling player. It's exactly what you want in a backup quarterback. But what I'll say to you in terms of the people who might be out there saying, okay, we should, you should make Andy Dalton your starting quarterback is you need better play from the quarterback position than we have seen through four weeks. Full stop. I mean, that, that's that's just a fact, especially if you get into some of these more difficult matchups. And what you saw from Andy today was solid. I think that is the ceiling of what you're going to see from Andy Dalton, right? That That's the issue is that, you know, it's not going up from there. You, you'll have better weapons and you might see some improvement and some, you know, more dynamic performances. But by and large, you know, this is the guy you're looking at and that's, you know, you expected a lot more out of Jameis Winston than what you got in the first three weeks. And so I think that's where you're going back to, right? You're, you're going back to Jameis when he's healthy and hoping that the more dynamic player that you expected to see still exists. Um, and so, yeah, so, but, you know, I think what Andy showed today is that he's capable of leading this team to wins, very similarly to what Cooper Rush is doing with the Cowboys. Right now they beat Washington today. They're four and one or three and one. I'm sorry. You know, so that's what guy you want to have around. And I think what this game kind of instilled is like Andy is a capable NFL quarterback, but you need someone who's going to help you win games. And I'm just not sure he is that at this point in his career. And if you're not getting that out of Jameis, then that's a problem too, right? Because you wouldn't have gone into this season the way you went into this season thinking that, okay, yeah, we have a chance as long as Andy Dalton is in there, right? So if you're not getting top 15 caliber play out of your quarterback, then the season is is probably shot to begin with. And and I don't I don't know what you do there, but I don't think that you're going to kick Jameis to the curb hoping that Andy can be your be your savior. But I think he he played reasonably well today outside of that fumble. And if you do end up having to go to him down the stretch, I think you feel okay about it. Ernest Adams Jr., let Ingram go. This this is what annoys me. It's like every time someone has a, a poor performance, it's like he's washed, get rid of him. And like 
I mean, he's 32 years old. You knew what he was going into the season. I think you let Tony Jones Jr. go. If you're not using him as a special teams contributor uh, and you're not because he was inactive the last two weeks without an injury, what what purpose is he serving on this roster? I don't. I, I would argue there is not one. Um, so I think I think he's a guy who most likely gets waived either this week or next, and you stash him on the practice squad and you and you elevate or you sign Latavius Murray to the active roster because you can elevate guys three times before you have to sign them. So theoretically, they could leave Latavius on the practice squad and continue to bring him up and still get the use out of him. But I would be very surprised if he's not if he's not signed to the active roster. Franz on, on Latavius. He's an upright runner. His size keeps him effective. I love it. He should put on 20 pounds. <laughs> Speed doesn't matter. Just flatten linebackers. I don't know. 20 pounds seems like a lot. But, you know, yeah, right. He's a big guy. He's a downhill runner. And it's something the Saints haven't had since he left. Right? I think he was a very good compliment to... Oh, good. That young came out of nowhere. He was a very good compliment to Alvin Kamara. And you just haven't had that. You know, I think Mark Ingram was a very good compliment to Alvin Kamara earlier in his career, and I think he's just a little more limited now in what you can expect out of him. And, you know, so if if that combo still works better, then I, I don't see why you would force-feed Mark Ingram. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm on board with the idea that you can, you can sign Latavius and see what he has in a multi-week kind of basis and give him a more lion's share of the RB2 reps. But I still don't think you get rid of Mark Ingram. I don't see how that benefits you. Geronimo Cat, 8-9 at best, and I highly doubt that. Yeah, I mean, you're... This is a tough start if you were if you're one of the double-digit win hopefuls, which I was. Um, you know, I still think you can get to 10 wins. Man, I'm yawning. This is what happens when you wake up at 4 a.m. to host a pregame show. I still think you can get to 10 wins, right? But it's a much more difficult road now. You, I mean, just do the math, right? <laughs> you would need to go nine and four the yeah, nine and four the rest of the way, which is not impossible. Right? I mean, that's not a crazy number to get to 10 wins, but that's what you have to do to get to 10 wins, right? Eight and five does not get you to 10 wins. Seven and six does not get you anywhere near 10 wins. Doesn't even get you to 500. So that's where you're at right now. And you need to start winning some football games. And, you know, there are teams out there that have underperformed just like the Saints have. You know, the funny thing is the the Falcons have been good. The Falcons have been impressive. They're two and two. That's never, that's never fun if you're, if you're a Saints fan, right? But Arizona's losing seven to three to the to the to the Panthers as I as I record this podcast late in the second quarter. That is a team that I expected to be much better than it is. So maybe that matchup is more winnable now than I thought it was. You know, the Bengals, a team that we expected to be very good, has struggled. Right? The Seahawks, who I started this podcast by saying they're washed and they're terrible, they put up 48 points on the Lions today. So who's to say? But there are winnable games and you just have to go out and win them. And that's that's what's been frustrating about watching this team play is over the course of the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era, it was always a team that you felt like they know how to win. They understand how to win. You don't lose games that you're supposed to win, especially in the regular season at the very least, because they play a certain way and they play winning football. 
what the Saints are doing right now is not playing winning football. They're playing losing football. They are doing what teams like the Giants, the Jets, the Jaguars, the the Panthers, and the Falcons have been doing in the last few years, which, you know, it's that's a hallmark of bad football, of teams that lose a lot of games. And if you were in a position where you hadn't traded your first-round pick for next year, you would be considering just saying, okay, let's go get a top pick, right? Like let's, let's trade away any assets that, that we can trade and get and pull in some draft assets. And, you know, we can not necessarily tank, but kind of passively accept a bad season. So you can go get a top 10 pick and maybe bring in a quarterback. Right. But that's not on the table. You have taken that option off the table for yourself. So you don't have any choice. You're going, like you're trying to win this season. Um, and if you don't do it, all it does is benefit the Eagles. So you got to figure something out. Geronimo cat. Again, what hurts is as soon as we get a stand, we immediately give it back. I can only laugh at this ish now. Yeah, right. The last two games, right when the offense put you in a position for your defense to win the game, it happened today. And in week three, you saw the offense go down and make it a six point game. And all you needed was the defense to get the ball back to the offense to give yourself a chance to go down and, and take a lead. And instead, what happened? A 67-yard touchdown to LaVisca Chanel, right? Today. So the Saints score a touchdown, convert in the two-point conversion, go up 22-19. to 19. You immediately allow a drive for a touchdown that Justin Jefferson end around. Will Lutz kicks a 60-yard field goal. You have all the mo momentum you could possibly ask for and immediately you cave immediately your star cornerback is chasing justin jefferson down the left sideline for a 49 yard catch and this is supposed to be the strength of this team the defense when your offense puts together drives and puts you in a position to win games the defense has to be able to do that if the defense is not going to close out games for you if this defense is not going to close out games for you you're not going to win a lot of football games because this offense especially the offense we saw today without Alvin Kamara, without Michael Thomas, that's not going to win a lot of games, right? <laughs> uh, so you got to be better. You got to be better on the defensive side of the ball. And it is, and it is frustrating. And, and it's frustrating on the defense too, because there were several times in the last few weeks where, okay, yeah, the defense made a stand, right? The defense forced a punt. Oh, okay. Fake punt. Okay, cool. Right. The defense forced a punt. Oh, okay. Deontay fumbled it. Great. You know, the defense, Got the ball back to the Saints late in the first half. Oh, oh, okay. So uh, fumble, Andy? Great. Yeah. So like that's, you know, both sides are letting each other down. This is not a team that's playing complimentary football at any level. And that's, and that is a major problem. But okay, we're going to cut that one off there. I'm going to hit a quick break. And then we're going to come back and finish out some of these questions. Thanks everyone for watching. Thanks everyone for throwing comments, questions in here. I appreciate it. As always, again, I'm Jeff Nowak, WWL Digital Sports Producer. This podcast is sponsored by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There's got to be a reason. Stick around on Inside Black and Gold.